Today is Saturday, July 10, 2021. On this day in 1998, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Dallas, Texas, agreed to pay $23.4 million to a group of former altar boys who were sexually abused by 53-year-old Rudolph Rudy Koss. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of this case, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes discussions of sexual abuse, pedophilia, and suicide that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. Today, we'll learn about the conviction of Rudy Koss, a priest who sexually assaulted the young boys entrusted to his care. Let's go back to July 10, 1998, in Dallas, Texas. The Roman Catholic Diocese was in court to appeal a decision handed down the year before. The previous summer, a jury had awarded 11 plaintiffs the highest amount of money ever in a case of sexual abuse involving clergy. The court had granted $119.6 million plus interest to a group of former altar boys who were victimized by costs. But that amount of money was so high that there was no way the diocese would be able to pay without going bankrupt. To avoid ruin, the diocese appealed the decision, and on that July day, it was granted. All parties agreed to the new, lower settlement of $23.4 million. The judgments were a shock to the local community. Father Koss had been a popular and successful clergyman in the area. He targeted young male parishioners, and many of them initially looked to him as a father figure. He knew how to appeal to youths and had set his living area up as a hangout lounge full of snacks and video games. He invited boys, some as young as nine years old, to gather with him after school. The parents of the children trusted Koss implicitly. But behind closed doors, Koss made the boys remove their shoes so he could massage their feet. Some of the boys later claimed the priest also gave them drugs and alcohol. From there, the sexual allegations got more serious, including rape. By the time Koss ended up in court, it was revealed that the claims of the boys stretched over an 11-year time span. Shockingly, other priests had been complaining about Koss's behavior and reporting him to church officials for years. Nothing was done until 1992, when Koss was finally removed from his role as a priest. But he didn't suffer any other punishment, and no parents or authorities were informed about what had been done to the boys. Pat Lemberger, the father of one of the victims, stated, The hierarchy of the Dallas diocese ignored the problem. They knew something was going on. But even Lemberger didn't know of the abuse his son Jay had endured. He didn't suspect costs until the families of other victims had filed lawsuits against the priest. By then, it was too late. Jay Lemberger died by suicide six months prior to the filing. Father Koss had even spoken at the young man's funeral. Coming up, we'll learn more about Jay Lemberger and hear the consequences Koss faced for his abuse. The CIA 
They're the first line of defense for the United States, analyzing intelligence to thwart any possible threats and keep us safe. Some of their involvements are made public, and others aren't. Hi, it's Carter from Parcast, and in honor of America's birthday, we're uncovering the cases you were never supposed to know about in the new series, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. From international assassination plots and mind control experiments to catastrophic cover-ups and secret societies fit for film, sift through the agency's most questioned and controversial affairs. Each week, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition exposes the covert operations intended to protect us from conflicts, but end up creating conspiracies. Where does the truth lie? Where do the lies end? And how much do we really want to know? Follow the new Spotify original from Parcast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen every Thursday, free and only on Spotify. Now back to the story. On July 10, 1998, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Dallas, Texas, paid a large settlement to former altar boys who were sexually abused by Father Rudolph Koss. But no amount of money could ease the pain the priest had caused. One of Koss's victims, Jay Lemberger, died by suicide at age 21, just before the lawsuits were filed. After receiving the settlement, Jay's father, Pat, said, I'm not jumping for joy. No matter what they do, how much money they give me, it's not going to bring my son back. The Lembergers had moved to Richardson, Texas, when Jay was only nine years old. The boy was having some trouble adjusting to his new home, and his parents thought being an altar boy for their new church, All Saints Catholic Church, was a step in the right direction. They were overjoyed when their son seemed to bond with his new priest, Father Rudy Koss. Jay even seemed to have been accepted into a new group of boys who all gathered around Koss after school. After a while, the Lembergers even let Jay attend sleepovers with the other boys at the priest's home. The Lembergers had no idea what was actually happening to their son. When Jay was a freshman in prep school, he started behaving erratically and expressed suicidal thoughts, even needing hospitalization for a six-month stretch. At the time, the Lembergers were confused by Jay's sudden hatred of tennis shoes. Every time they bought him a new pair, Jay would mutilate them. But after learning of Koss's predatory acts, they realized Jay's behavior stemmed from Koss's abuse. In high school, Jay continued to need counseling. The family felt joy and relief when Jay, after leaving town to work in Denver, seemed as if he'd shed a major burden. He started to express interest in his future and make plans. Tragically, he died by suicide soon afterward. The first person outside the family they called after learning of Jay's death was Father Koss. He even preached at Jay's funeral. The memory of the priest delivering the homily infuriated the Lembergers after they learned of the allegations against him just a few months later. It was only after hearing the charges that the unsettling artwork Jay had created made sense to them. 
he had once sketched a young man bent under the weight of a cross. In the background, another man looked on with conspicuously bare feet. While they will never recover from the loss of their son, the Lembergers did at least get to see Koss suffer consequences for his abuse. He was defrocked by the Vatican itself. In April 1998, he was sentenced to life in prison. Following the trial and sentencing, the second-in-command to Koss, Monsignor Robert Ray Kemper, tried to shift blame from himself and the diocese to the parents of the victims. In court, attorneys for the victims argued that Ray Kemper should have known the abuse was going on and prevented it. Ray Kemper stated that if the parents of the children didn't realize any abuse was happening, then the diocese shouldn't have been expected to either. Today, Koss remains incarcerated in Huntsville, Texas, at the age of 76. The public judgments against him and the diocese paved the way for hundreds of other cases involving the sexual crimes of priests. But his most significant legacy may be the loss of the trust and faith Americans once placed in the Catholic Church. His was the first case that really lifted the lid on the depth of sexual abuse within the Catholic Church of the United States. The judgment led to many positive reforms, such as prohibitions against secret settlements and additional training for clergy. But not everyone believes those changes were enough. On April 30, 2021, Father Hans Zollner, the president of Rome's Center for Child Protection, spoke to the Catholic News Agency. He said, you can have the best guidelines, but if the institution does not live up to the ideals that are expressed in the guidelines, for example, if there are power structures that contradict what the guidelines for safeguarding say, then the same guidelines are put up in vain. A 2019 Pew Research Center survey reported that 79% of Americans and 69% of U.S. Catholics believe that sexual misconduct on the part of Catholic clergy is an ongoing issue. And the allegations have kept coming. In 2019, a change in the rules of 15 states suspended or eradicated the statute of limitations regarding accusations of sexual abuse by clergy. It resulted in a deluge of suits being filed for incidents stretching back decades. According to the Associated Press, the changes in New York, New Jersey, and California alone were expected to produce upward of 5,000 lawsuits. The Catholic Church has already paid out around $4 billion in sex abuse settlements since the 1980s. The potential cost for this new surge of cases is expected to exceed that. While Rudolf Koss faced a reckoning and punishment for his twisted actions, the church's challenges continue. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime.
Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Paul Liebeskin, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Christine Colby, with writing assistance by Terrell Wells, and fact-checking by Haley Milliken. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hi, it's Carter from ParCast. Every Thursday on Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition, we're uncovering secrets hidden deep within the archives of the Central Intelligence Agency to bring you a special collection of episodes from shows across our network. Follow the new Spotify original from ParCast, Conspiracy Theories CIA Edition. Listen free only on Spotify. Spotify.